Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. Now on to the talking news. Major Decisions to be Made by Town Meeting by Joanna K. Zuvalis. This will be Town Moderator Michael Winmer's 11th Annual Town Meeting in his role, and he expects there will be a lot of debate on the articles related to plastic bags, marijuana, and the number of selectmen. Here's a preview of the warrant articles expected to be voted on for the town meeting and special town meeting. Plastic bag general bylaw. The purpose of this article is to reduce the number of single-use plastic checkout bags distributed by businesses and to promote the use of reusable bags or recyclable paper bags. Thin film plastic bags without handles used for laundry, dry cleaning, newspapers, produce, meat, bulk foods, wet items, and similar merchandise would not be prohibited under this article. Public Works and its recycling coordinator will have the authority to administer and enforce this article. Violators will receive a written warning for the first offense, a penalty of $50 for the next violation, a penalty of $200 for the third violation, and each additional violation. The article will take effect six months after posting and publicizing or on November 1, 2018, whichever is later. For retail establishments with a net floor area equal to or exceeding 30,000 square feet, such as Star Market in Belmont, for retail establishments less than 30,000 square feet of net floor area, the article will take effect nine months after publicizing and posting, or on November or on February the 1st, 2019, whichever is later. This article will require a majority vote for passage. The Thaddeus Frost House. This article was established 291 Brighton Street a historic district. If approved, the building shall not be altered in any way that affects the exterior architectural features. Athena McGinnis, owner of the home, knew Ernest Frost, the grandson of Thaddeus Frost, personally, and does not want to see the home have the same fate as the Thomas Clark House, which was moved from its original location on Common Street to a temporary location on Concord Avenue and ultimately torn down on August 21, 2014. The Thaddeus Frost House was built in 1827 and is one of the few remaining examples of federal period architecture in Belmont that survives virtually unchanged. The living area is 2,712 square feet, and the lot is 12,486 square feet. 
a majority vote will be required for passage of this article. General Residence Zoning Bylaw Amendment. Approval of this article will eliminate the sunset uh, clause for the zoning bylaw for non-conforming single- and two-family residential structures, making it a permanent amendment. The amendment required homeowners in the general residence district to go before the planning board uh, for design and site plan review for additions or new construction. This will require two-thirds vote for passage. There is also an article that revises special permit requirements for alteration of non-conforming structures in the general residence zoning district. Allocating projects less than 300 square feet to the Zoning Board of Appeals. This will require two-thirds vote for passage. And May 2nd, FY19 Community Preservation Projects. There are six community preservation projects seeking approval by town meeting for FY19 on May the 2nd. The highest ticket item is $780,087.87 to uh, construct a walking path around Grove Street Park and for other park improvements. Pace and Park Music Festival is requesting the lowest ticket item, $5,000, for structural drawings for a performance stage to be added at Pace and Park. The Veterans Memorial Committee is asking for $103,000 to restore the existing monument at Clay Pit Pond to its original condition. Other funds would be would integrate the memorial into the intergenerational walking path at Clay Pit Pond. A committee to restore Town Field Playground is requesting $25,000 for design documents for new equipment and improvements. The Land Management Committee is requesting $175,000 for repairs to the former McLean Barn at Rock Meadow, to prevent further deterioration of this historic structure. In the future, when the town determines an appropriate use for the barn, the project sponsor would develop a funding mechanism to support the rehabilitation, estimated to cost $2 million. The Belmont Housing Trust is requesting $250,000 to pursue affordable housing opportunities. Monies will be expended per a housing trust agreement to be developed with the selectmen. Possible uses of funding include purchasing land or affordable units, working with developers to promote the affordable housing, or leveraging state and private funds to increase the number of affordable units. A majority vote is required for passage of this article. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Schematic design plans for the new Belmont High School taking shape by Giovanna K. Zavellis. If residents haven't been paying attention to the work of the Belmont High School Building Committee, they may want to start. The committee has been meeting frequently with project designer Perkins and Will 
as they prepare for the preferred schematic design to be submitted to the Massachusetts School Building Authority in July for the new grade 7 through 12 high school building to accommodate 2,215 students. For the past two months, the committee has been refining the design in an effort to get the total project cost down. At the most recent meeting, April 11th, the total project cost was reviewed. The total square footage of the building has been reduced by 6,475 feet from 451, 575 to 445,100 square feet. The cost per square foot has also been reduced from $549.53 to $533.80, bringing the total project estimated cost to $295,824,624 from $309,045,915. Belmont estimated contribution is now $218,910,222, a reduction of around $9.8 million from $228,693,977. Bowtie design. On January 23rd, the school committee voted unanimously in favor of a grade 7 through 12 option, which will change the lower school configurations to kindergarten through third grade for the Butler, Burbank, Wellington, and Winbrook schools, and grades 4 through 6 for the Chenery Middle School. The school committee board of selectmen and BHS Building Committee also voted on January 23rd on the major addition minor renovation design option known as the Bowtie, with two separate entrances for upper and lower school students. Core space on the first floor of the building will be shared, which will include a pre-function area for the auditorium, theater, and gymnasiums. Design tweaks and discussions. Instead of individual practice rooms for music students, the new school is being designed to have space for small group practices instead of small practice rooms, wrote Lavallo. Gender-neutral bathrooms were discussed at the April 11 meeting. Perkins and Will presented options to consider such as a gender-neutral bathroom with a common sink area in the center. We're not going to build individual bathrooms for every person that needs a bathroom. We're looking at ways to be efficient and respectful of those that need their privacy, said Lovallo. Upcoming meetings are April 26, Design Update and Workshop, 7 p.m. in the Wellington Elementary Cafeteria. May 8, Design Update and Virtual Reality Presentation, 7 p.m., Chenery Middle School Community Room. And May 16, Traffic Solutions Discussion, 7 p.m., Wellington Elementary Cafeteria. Now to Max. Thanks, Claire. Town Meeting to Decide Future of Marijuana in Belmont by Joanna Catesavallis. Pam Eager is the Belmont Town Meeting Member for Precinct 8 behind a citizen's petition 
that would let voters decide if they want to stop non-medical marijuana businesses from opening in Belmont. Action on this article requires a special town meeting, which is taking place May 2nd. This bylaw, if approved at special town meeting, would not apply to a registered marijuana dispensary. The purpose of the article, according to Eager, is to let Belmont voters decide whether or not to permit marijuana establishments in Belmont. If town meeting members vote no, then there will be no townwide election and non-medical marijuana establishments will be allowed in Belmont. If town meeting votes yes, then the Belmont Board of Selectmen will decide if there is going to be a townwide election for Belmont voters to decide. According to Town Council George Hall, the Selectmen will have the final say on whether or not there will be a special election for voters to decide. This article will, this article will require a majority vote for passage. Town supported question four. In the November 2016 state election, Massachusetts voters approved ballot question four, approving a law permitting the possession, use, distribution, and cultivation of marijuana in limited amounts by persons age 21 and older, removing criminal penalties for such activities, and providing for the regulation and commerce in marijuana, marijuana accessories, and marijuana products, and for the taxation of proceeds from sales of these items. In Belmont, question four passed by a 717-vote margin. 52.48% voted in favor and 47.52% voted against it. Belmont's turnout in the election was high. 82.41% of registered voters went to the polls. Wording in the question also stated cities and towns would be authorized to adopt reasonable restrictions on the time, place, and manner of operating marijuana businesses and to limit the number of marijuana establishments in their communities. A city or town could hold a local vote to determine whether to permit the selling of marijuana and marijuana products for consumption on the premises at commercial establishments. Emma Thurston, town meeting member for Precinct 1, filed six amendments to the citizens' petition to be discussed by the Bylaw Review Committee April 25th. My amendments simply give town meeting uh, non-binary options for prohibiting the recreational marijuana establishments, Thurston explained in an email to the Citizen Herald on April 24th. The citizen's position is an all-or-nothing opt-out for an issue that is exponentially more nuanced than that. These amendments give multiple options for allowing or disallowing various types of marijuana establishments in our town, the sunset clauses address the fact that this is an entirely new industry for the state and should be voted upon bylaws not addressed the needs or wants of the town in three years. Perhaps this would be a more efficient way to revisit those bylaws instead of the messy way in which we had to walk back our alcohol ban. Depending on the outcome of, of the bylaw review committee meeting April 25th, special town meeting may have amendments to the citizens' petition to vote on. Article 8, Temporary Moratorium. This town meeting article is for a moratorium on marijuana establishments to last through December 31st, 2018, and requires a two-thirds vote for passage. During the moratorium, the town would consider adopting a new the adoption of new zoning bylaws relevant to marijuana establishments. This article will require a two-thirds vote for passage, and town meeting is expected to vote on it May 2nd. Article 9, 3% sales tax. 
This town meeting article would allow a 3% local sales tax on retail sales by a marijuana retailer located in Belmont. Regulations permit no more than one marijuana retailer to open in Belmont at this time. The 3% tax would go into the town coffers, according to Selectman Chairman Adam Dash. A majority vote will be required for passage, and town meeting is expected to vote on it May 2nd. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Items to bring to the Belmont Recycling Event by Mary Beth Kalman. It's, the, it's that time of year when residents have the chance to recycle textiles, electronics, and paper shredding from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. May the 12th at the Town Yard, 37 C Street. Note that the listed recyclables are the only items we can accept. Also, no early birds. We need trucks to come in and can't have cars in the way. Residents should follow the recycling instructions for each type of item. Textiles must be dry and clean. Includes clothing, linens, footwear, purses, belts, and stuffed animals. Items can be ripped and stained. It is estimated the average U.S. citizen throws away 70 pounds of clothing each year. Out of the 95% of textiles that can be donated or recycled, only 15% achieve this result. The other 85% end up in the trash. When textiles are donated, 45% are reused and repurposed mostly as exports. 30% are converted into rags, 20% are used as fiber and home insulation and carpet padding. Only 5% ends up as waste. Keep towels and sheets separate to donate to the Animal Rescue League. No bulky, rigid plastics will be taken this year. Electronic recycling. Anything with a plug, excluding large appliances, air conditioners, refrigerators of any size, gas yard, and power equipment. Paper shredding. Limited to five boxes, sponsored by the Watertown Savings. Now is the time to clean out your home office and safely get rid of all your sensitive documents that have been accumulating and taking up space. Boxes of your unwanted documents are shredded on-site in seconds. Voluntary cash donations are accepted to benefit the Belmont Sport for this uh, service. Usable eyeglasses. The Belmont Lions Club will be collecting usable eyeglasses for their Recycle for Sight program. Books, hard and soft cover books, audio books, movies, music, game CDs, and DVDs will be recycled by Recycle That. Propane tanks, propane tanks over 20 pounds or other types of gas tanks will not be accepted. Save the town money. If you just have a propane tank to dispose and no hazardous waste, bring to the DPW Recycle Days instead of HHW Days. Note that helium tanks will not be accepted. Think twice about buying balloons and helium tanks. Both are not environmentally friendly. Balloons, even biodegradable ones, cause litter when they are released outside, eventually falling back down into waterways, fields, and forests. 
Once on the ground, they can harm wildlife and marine animals before they slowly break down. Tanks that store helium can't be put in the trash or collected by the town. Need to find a scrap metal recycler for that. Scrap metal. Items must be all metal, no wood or concrete attached. Examples are bed rails, metal filing cabinets, pipes, tire rims, not the tire, metal furniture, chairs, wrought iron, cast iron, non-coated pots and pans, etc. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. A local author's new book details her son's addiction and death by Carrie Feltner. Kay Genovese traces it back to sports. Between his hockey and football careers, her son Chris, known as Gino, had six surgeries, four for his knees and two for his shoulders. Those surgeries brought pain medication into his life, an amount of drugs that never left his life and only got worse after his sporting pursuits ended. Gino died at age 30 in 2016 from an overdose. Watertown native Genovese chronicles her son's life in opioid addiction in a book called Hat Tricks from Heaven, the story of an athlete in his own prison of addiction. The book took her over a year to write and was officially released in November of 2017. Today, Genovese is on the Massachusetts Organization of Addiction Recovery Committee and the Central Massachusetts Opioid Committee. Genovese will host a book signing at the Watertown Free Public Library at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday, June 13, 2018. Proceeds from the book will be put towards opening a sober house called Gino's House somewhere in New England. So far, the book has raised $5,000 toward this effort. Kate Genovese sat down to discuss the book and her son's story. Why did you write this book? The opioid problem is so huge right now, he seemed like the most unlikely kid that would overdose. He was an athlete, really smart, and had tons of friends. We traveled all over the place with his hockey. He went to private school with a scholarship. So he got through school, and he got a really good job and had a girlfriend. But he kept slipping. How did his multiple surgeries exacerbate the problem? It was mainly his shoulder. It was really bad. He just kept getting surgery. I want to point out that this disease can come from all walks of life. The doctors thought nothing of giving him prescriptions. One time, I spoke to the doctor about it, and I said, I think he's had enough. I don't think he needs more. The doctor said to me, you don't know how serious his shoulder is, and, quote, stop being a helicopter mother. I was kind of intimidated over 20 years ago. I was younger and not as bold. We didn't really see him every day to know what he was doing. When did you know he had a problem? His roommate from college called us one day and told us he was really addicted and needed help. He got into legal trouble, and the legal system was equally as horrible. He'd break probation and have to go to court, and instead of him doing something, the court would say, quote, give us $300. 
That's all they did. He ended up in jail, and that was horrible. At that point, he said, I need help. I know I do. What surprised you about Gino's situation? I just didn't think he would die. For some reason, I didn't think he would. My husband and I felt like we did a lot of things wrong. We did a lot of things correct, too, but parents shouldn't feel guilty like it's their fault. I think that's one of the messages of the book, because you do what you can. It's just crazy. I could see in his eyes there was something wrong. He had no control over it. How did you find the writing experience? It was very therapeutic, and I wrote it with my editor. She had lost her son, too. What advice do you have to other families that are dealing with this issue? I would just say start talking to children at an early age about it. Fifth grade, no later, really, because then they hit middle school and there's so much going on. You should just really be very open with them about it, how dangerous it could be, especially if it runs in your family. If you're bummed out about and depressed, it takes away everything, all feeling. He was captain of his teams. He was well-liked. He had a lot of friends. He had a girlfriend. He was very social, and he helped others. He just was very charismatic, and he loved us. He loved his dog, Frankie. It's just so sad. Other comments. I'm really mad at the system. They had a lot to do with it. They weren't paying attention. There's just not enough help, and they get burnt out. It's a tough disease to deal with. It only gets worse. There's a variety of things that lead to it. Now, over to Max. Thank you, Claire. Talking Trash. Automated Trash and Recycling Pickup will begin July 1st by Christy Armstrong. When the Director of Public Works talks trash, people listen. And with big changes coming to how Belmont's waste is handled, there is a lot of trash talking going on. Jay Marcotte, Belmont's Public Works Director, recently hosted a community conversation about the new trash and recycling program at Town Hall on April 10th to inform the public of what the changes are and how they will be implemented. We are trying to advertise the new trash system that will be in place starting this July, Marcotte said at the presentation. We tried to look at every single option and alternative. The option that was approved unanimously by the Board of Selectmen in February is for Belmont to switch over to an automated trash and recycling service. Every household will receive a black 64-gallon wheeled trash barrel and a blue 96-gallon wheeled recycling barrel. In multifamily dwellings, each unit will receive its own set of barrels, so two family houses will receive two sets of barrels. Residents will be limited to throwing away one bulky item, like a mattress or furniture, per week. Everything else must fit into the trash or recycling barrels. Pickup of the bulky item will need to be scheduled in advance by calling Public Works by noon the day before trash pickup. Excess trash will need to be put in an official town overflow trash bag, which will be sold for $3 each at select locations in town. Yard waste pickup will remain the same as it is currently, but Christmas trees will only be collected during the first two weeks of January. Recycling will now be single stream, so residents will no longer have to sort plastics, paper, and cardboard separately. Several attendees of the April 10th 
at the presentation expressed their support for this shift to single-stream recycling and the simplifying of the process. We did this to control our costs, explained Barkat. The way we collect our trash right now is the most expensive way to collect trash. Our collection costs for this year, fiscal year 2018, are $1,148,930. With this new five-year contract, soup to nuts, our automated collection, including the cost of the barrels, will be $1,015,060 per year. Marcotte said automation is preferred because, since everything is standardized, costs can be controlled. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Cities, towns, prepare for future cemetery needs by Melissa Russell. As certainly as death comes for all, the end of cemetery space is on the horizon for many communities. Fortunately for Belmont, Highland Meadow Cemetery opened in 2007 after Belmont Cemetery ran out of plots for purchase in 1988 and is not expected to reach capacity for at least another 20 years. Without the expansion, there would not have been adequate space to meet the needs of Belmont residents, just as the aging baby boom generation is expected to cause a spike in burial needs. Massachusetts state law requires cities and towns take responsibilities for the burial of their dead. With an anticipated spike in demand for cemetery space in the coming 10 to 15 years, municipalities around the region are looking at their cemeteries and making plans for the long term. Thomas Daly, a national cemetery consultant with Cemetery Helpful Solutions, said even in areas where burial space is not an issue in the foreseeable future, Town planners are addressing cemetery space in their master plans. And now over to Claire. Um, now we'll hear from Bob to wrap it up. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope that you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings around Belmont.